Hey, it's your host, April. This show, The High Guide, talks about altered states of consciousness brought on by cannabis and psychedelics and is intended for audiences 21 and over. If you've been listening to the show for a while and you like what you hear, please leave us a rating, a review, or a heart wherever you listen to podcasts. And lastly, I'm not a medical professional. If you are experiencing any mental or physical health concerns, please seek a licensed medical professional. lot of people there were like i want to do shrooms but i don't know how to do it how much should i do can you like dose it for me can you like teach me how to do it so yeah like i found that experience to be um a really good field test of what i think will be the future of partying and community gatherings in california welcome to the high guide i'm your host april pride When you start digging deeper into the ins and outs of what is considered Cali sober, it isn't long before you run into the topic of psychedelics and the potent issue of dosage. Given that these substances are known to produce transformative experiences in very small amounts, taking the proper dose can be the difference between consciousness expansion and crippling anxiety, which brings us to our glossary term for this week's episode, microdose. While it may seem somewhat obvious that we're speaking of a smaller dose here, just how much smaller remains an elusive concept that's often quite subjective. Microdose is typically defined as an amount that is considered to be sub-hallucinogenic, meaning the threshold into full-on tripping is never crossed. These amounts are often in the neighborhood of a tenth of a regular dose and produce considerably less intense effects. For instance, my first dose of LSD, which occurred after the age of 40, was exactly a tenth of a tripping size dose. My subsequent doses have been the same, a small boost before a night in every instance that I've consumed, a night of dancing, and the need for any other substance except for some weed at some point is completely erased. Unlike the smile on my face, which never relaxes, The next day proceeds as usual, maybe a little slow to start, but nothing that my usual cup of coffee can't straighten out. A microdose of psilocybin is super subtle, and its effects are only recognized for me as they're waning. Oh, I was in such a flow state today, and I got so much done. Oh, I took that chocolate. On this episode of The High Guide, we'll explore with our guides some tips on psilocybin doses and the all-important set and setting. And by set, that's mindset. As we continue to dive into the drug diet, better known as Cali Sober. And I just want to know what's so wrong with being high, right? Like, that's also quite fun. And like I said, I think allowing myself to get really fucking high in my 20s is the reason why I'm a pretty well-adjusted 40-something-year-old. So um, can you can you teach us how to do this and do it really, really well? Because that's what I always get asked, Michelle. It's like, okay, how much do I need? Which mushroom? You know, how much psilocybin? Um, should I try mushrooms before I try LSD? Like, what are some of the things that you've learned from all of the people around the world that you've hung out with and you're consuming psychedelics? Like, Tell us, yeah, give us some info. Tell us some top things. So I'd love to hear, yeah. <laughs> How to do drugs. How to do drugs, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's going to be the name of your book, How to Do Drugs. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so I don't 
know. I guess, you know, I don't like to be prescriptive either because I feel like it's such a personal journey. Like there is no right or wrong way to do it. It's just like what works for you, right? But I guess there are some ways to maybe, I hate the term harm reduction because I think it like implies that drugs are harmful. Um, And I want to move away from this like, you know, vocabulary of like, hurt, harm, pain, like falling, all of these sorts of like, you know, metaphors that we use to describe sobriety that I think are really couched in like an old model of like pain and like suffering. Um, and I, and I really like to like orient it more towards like, you know, I mean, I, I'm such a cliche, but like, you know, self-optimization and wellness and things like that, I feel like are more like positive um, ways to think about um, doing psychedelics and maybe being Cali sober. Um, so like, I guess like, you know, I would just recommend that people start with a microdose, um, or, or, or somewhere between like for mushrooms, you know, 0.1 to 0.25. I think that, uh, a lot of people make the mistake of like, wanting to trip you know they're so anxious to feel something they they're like i want to feel something i want to feel something um and you can kind of like just jump off that cliff and and feel overwhelmed and then the fear of of the unknown can kind of like cause you to pull back and i feel like that sort of push pull action can be you know just kind of stressful when talking specifically about psilocybin doses We've all likely heard, and some maybe even experienced for ourselves, what is considered a more heroic dose, ingesting a full eighth. Yes, three and a half grams of magic mushrooms will undoubtedly induce a psychedelic trip, which makes a lot of sense when you know that microdoses are more in the 0.2 to 0.5 of a gram range. Again, the difference is 3.5 grams is a heroic dose, whereas under 0.5 grams is a microdose. Experimenting in the 1 to 2 gram range is yet another option, which is considered more of a standard dose of psilocybin. I think 2 grams is too much for a social setting. Yes, uh, that's true. (laughs) I think like 1 gram is probably the most that I would recommend for if you want to be able to be present in a conversation. Um. But honestly, like I've done 0.2 and felt vibey, 0.2, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really feel like people get some kind of performance anxiety a lot when they're out in a social setting where they're like, am I like going to be fucked up enough to like be on the same wavelength as everyone else? And it's like, like you can always do more, you know? Like I, I don't think that you need to like jump into things like full swing. And actually I think this is like a issue that I want more people to like think about as we kind of like return to the world and everyone's trying to like go buck wild, you know, everyone's like so desperate <laughs> to like let loose. Um, that we need to be really careful and like mindful of our bodies and like not shell shocking it into like maximum pleasure which can quickly like dip into the danger zone i mean you know this is the whole conversation around sobriety and addiction too you know it's about finding equilibrium rather than going like max speed at all times so i know some people who've like really hurt themselves from 
jumping into things too quickly and like partying too hard and doing way too many drugs. And I feel like this is going to be an issue that's going to keep happening in this sort of like interesting transition as we go, you know, from lockdown to like hot back summer or whatever. So I think that this conversation around addiction is super important right now. And part of that is also just like helping people understand that there is no need to have performance anxiety around drug use. Like do you and start slow. While the desired dose of psilocybin can be relatively easy to measure, aspects of set, again, mindset, and setting can be more fluid, a safe space that's properly curated, and whatever supplies and vibes you need to feel comfortable is of the utmost importance. So Michelle, you were saying that that's really what you feel like you do really well, right? You give people a place to experiment, um, perhaps maybe for the first time, and they can feel safe. So um, and that was w- really what was missing from the raves that I went to is there was no guide, right? The guide was the DJ. And that was what you were writing for the night, basically. Totally. So I'm really interested in like curating spaces um, around cannabis and psychedelics for people to try these substances maybe for the first time um, in like a communal setting where people can kind of guide them. I think that's kind of, to me, the biggest piece of advice per se that I would give, which is, you know, to... um, to do it in company, um, do it with someone else who's maybe a bit more experienced than you. Maybe they're sober, which is like the more responsible trip guide kind of setting, or maybe they're tripping with you, which is fine too. But having some kind of guide, I think is always like really helpful. I think like for those of us that are in the cannabis industry, we have this like we have this cognition of how we consume um, whatever it is that we're consuming, whatever psychedelic it is that we're consuming and and being really aware of what the form factor is and what else you have done or what else is in your body at the time when you're consuming that form and how it's going to have an impact on what you're consuming. So if you consumed a chocolate after having a burger and fries, the chances of you experiencing that 0.5 grams um, in a like really clean and pure ways so that you can identify what it is that you're experiencing is going to be kind of, it's going to be moderated for lack of better words. Um, and the same goes for cannabis. You know, we talk about inedibles all the time. If you're, if you're eating an edible on an empty stomach, you're going to feel it sooner and you're going to feel a stronger impact than if you were to eat, um, a big meal and then consume it right afterwards, because it, it has to go through your entire digestive tract and then compete with everything else that's in your stomach. Um, and so for, for that reason, specifically with psilocybin, I prefer, um, tinctures because they are more fast acting. They go directly into your bloodstream by holding them under your tongue. And, um, and then you have to consume, you know, less things. Well, I, well, I like chocolates with mushrooms, particularly because they support a similar neurological structure, um, with the, the kind of like joy receiving molecules. It can be amazing in the right setting and the right, um, in the right digestive state. Um, tinctures are going to be so much more reliable in terms of dosing and, um, in terms of like immediacy. So you were also talking about, can you, after an hour, if you're not feeling anything, take more, you can, but again, if you're eating it, um, it's going to take longer to come on. And while it won't necessarily prolong your trip, it may amplify it for a period of time. Um, but it won't be like all necessarily at the same time. So then you get back to tinctures and after, 
after 45 minutes, if you're not feeling anything, you take more tincture, you've got less of a window to spread it all out there, which I think is pretty cool. And, and then also from a personal experience um, standpoint, I find that point two as a regular cannabis consumer um, and as somebody that plays with all of the plant medicines and has a pretty pure digestive system because I'm always in some form of, of, um, of uh, managing my consumption, I find that I'm not going to feel point two or point three so much as I'm feeling a microdose. And, and so in order to really get a um, psychedelic experience with psilocybin, I'm looking at closer to a two gram dose. Um, like one gram gets me in my head and I want to be a little bit more introverted. I'm still really comfortable being in a social setting if that's what I want to do, but probably prefer not to. And then two grams is like my, is my like happy journey place. Well, you can definitely plan your psychedelic journey, whether micro or macro dosing. Like all things in life, they don't always work out quite like you intended. You simply don't know what kind of timing may emerge or what you may run into, including, among other things, extremely emotional reactions to Beyonce. You know, I work with uh, a company called Flow State, and they have uh, actually an LSD microdose tincture as well as um, uh, psilocybin uh, caps microdose in a couple of different varieties. Um, and what I've always sort of just found really uh um, directional at the beginning of like choosing which of the two plant medicines for me is that the psilocybin tends to create a little bit more of an introverted experience, no matter how much I, I generally consume of it. Um, whereas, uh, the LSD tincture, um, as the microdose, you know, plant medicine, um, tends to create a more extroverted experience for me. Um, and so me playing with those two different ones, um, is the difference of like a barbecue on Saturday or like staying in and watching a movie on Wednesday, you know? And I definitely try to take my microdoses somewhere around like the 4.35 o'clock hour, just in case I am having like a, an interesting day where like maybe I didn't eat anything and it is hitting pretty hard. Um, the last time I took a like slightly larger microdose, it was the day that Kobe Bryant's funeral was on TV and like fucking Beyonce sang. And I was like wrecked all day, like literally couldn't stop weeping. But I also don't think I ever watched a Kobe Bryant game ever in my life. So I don't know why I was feeling that like empathy. It was like over empathy uh, and it totally ruined my day. Like I didn't get any work done. I just like laid around and cried and like listened to Beyonce. I just did the same thing, Thomas. I cried all morning watching Lemonade visual album for the first time. Raven, I just shared that with you. Don't tell anyone else. I'm embarrassed by that fact. Less like about a month ago, Beyonce does that to us. And I think there was probably some plant medicine involved early in the right, morning like too. Cried and listen to Beyonce. So we're on the <laughs> yes. Um, but I'm sorry that your day got sidetracked that day, but you remember it too, which is, I mean. Uh, it was a Tuesday, you know, Tuesday is a pretty pivotal day of the week in my world. Um, and I remember waking up on Wednesday and just being like, God damn it. Did I really just like, like sob all day? <laughs> like I, you know, the plant, I took the plant medicine too early, uh, is what my point of the story was. And so if I take it at that 435 hour, if it does hit me and like, 
a little kind of bit of the feels, at least I'm like already at the end of my day and I can like distract myself with dinner and then like end up smoking a bunch of weed. And, you know, for me, there would just be like times where I thought I was like totes good. Um, and then I would like think for the next 10 minutes, all right, how can I get out of this client conference call? How do I get out of it? How do I get out of it? How do I get out of it? I don't want to be on it. Um, and you know, I don't like anything that takes me out of my ability to perform as a professional, you know? Which is why I don't actually really drink, and which is why I guess I abide by the Michelle look, uh, Kelly Sober as well. Well, it turns out the California knows how to do more than partying. Thanks for listening to this episode of The High Guide. And of course, a big thanks to our guide, Michelle Loke, for her insights into the world of sobriety through the lens of being Cali sober. And definitely check out her newsletter and subscribe, Rave New World. As we wind the summer down and shift toward fall, we hope you found this conversation both inspiring and informative. If you're looking for more than a microdose, make sure to visit our website and peruse our ever-growing glossary of terms at thehigh.guide. Of course, you'll find a new episode of The High Guide here every Friday. Subscribe and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're looking to stay in closer contact, give us a follow on Instagram at thehigh.guide. Again, subscribe to our newsletter at thehigh.guide. This is April Pride. Join me here next week as we continue our discussion on plant-based pleasures.